You are now tuning into the I Love Jesus Music Podcast with your host, Franz P. LeBlanc. Make sure to subscribe, like, and share. Enjoy today's episode. What's good, everybody? And thank you for tuning in to the I Love Jesus Music Podcast. We got a special guest in the building. I'm excited about this one, y'all. This is by far one of my favorite people, one of my favorite preachers, worship leaders. This man does everything from preaching to comedy to singing to you name it. Um, his father, he's a pastor, he's an author. We got Brian Bullock in the building, man. How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good, man. I'm alive, man. I'm alive. I'm healthy. And if you are alive and you're healthy today in 2020, you ought to be thankful and grateful, man. So I got no complaints. That's facts, man. There's been a lot going on this year, man, especially with how this year has been. So I want to ask you this question. How um, has this pandemic affected your life, your creativity, your work schedule? What are like three lessons you took out of this whole pandemic throughout this year so far? Um, I would say, number one, man, uh, stay focused, you know. Uh, this increased my focus. This wow. pandemic, some people it threw off, but for me, it made me hone in even more. Uh, it's like if you ever watch a basketball game, in a basketball game, you know, people, I, I happen to think LeBron James was the greatest basketball player who ever played. I just want you to know that. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the issues they say about LeBron is that LeBron can do so much that at the end of a game, he doesn't necessarily have like a sweet spot on the floor. He doesn't necessarily have a, an exact go-to. So when pressure comes, he has his mind's moving so much. He has so much he can do that sometimes he don't, he don't necessarily go to a particular spot. Whereas guys like Jordan and Kobe, they have set shots and uh, they go to a certain spot. And so their consistency is a little more up. Uh, I kind of feel that way, man. I feel like when you are in the midst of a pandemic and everything's going crazy, you got to find your spot, go to your spot and, and just focus. And that's what I did, man. Preaching is what I do. Uh, singing and worshiping is what I do. Writing books is what I do. Inspiring people is what I do. Helping people build legacy is what I do. And I don't care, man. I believe in one of the most powerful scenes of any movie is in the Titanic. I don't know if you've ever seen the Titanic. But at the end of the Titanic, when the ship is going down, there's some violinists who are on the ship. And these dudes are playing the violin while the ship goes down to, to the point they can't play no more. Yeah. And then they walk away and they decide, you know what, man, let's just go, man. This thing's going down. And one of them comes back and just starts playing. The other ones come back because in their mind, they're saying, this is what we do. Whether the ship is going well or the ship is getting ready to go down, this is what we do. And this is the moment for everybody to ask themselves a the question, what do I do? Where's my greatness? What is the, where is the God in me? I love that you're doing these podcasts because this is what you do. Right. You're not even trying hard to do this and you're going to impact and affect people's lives because this is what you do. Mm -hmm. So for me, man, I think this caused me one to focus. I think two, it caused me to, to think about family. Uh, pan this pandemic made me realize uh, that my wife and my kids are the most important things in my life. Uh, it made me realize, man, that I was going, 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 and I needed to pause a little bit to catch some life moments with them. Um, and then I would just say, man, fun, right? Like, dude, we, we got to enjoy our, our lives. And uh, I think if we spend our time just worrying and being afraid of tomorrow, we're going to miss out on some great opportunities of today. 
That's good, man. Well, man, you reached a milestone today on social media. You got 23K followers, man. You got 200,000 uh, 200, streams on one of your YouTube videos. Yes. And you launched your um, Living for Legacy University, man. So you, you're doing some great things, man. I want to get into this book, man, because this book, Legacy, has literally been changing the lives of so many people. And it's one of the reasons I actually, I actually started this podcast. Because every morning I would get on and you would put a, a message on there. And I'm like, man, I got to stop playing. It, it, it got to the point where I thought you, you, you was about to redo the, um, the commercial. You're sitting at home. You're not doing nothing, man. Get up. <laughs> <laughs> I see DC. Come on now. <laughs> so I, I want to I dive into this book, Legacy, man, because this is something um, a lot of people don't talk about, especially in our culture. Growing up, all we heard was go to school. Um, go to college, get a good job, and that's it. It's rare that we heard anything about legacy. For someone so young, um, what inspired you to write this book, Legacy? Well, what inspired me to write the book was I was asked to do a family reunion. And uh, I don't speak at family reunions. Other, It wasn't my family. I did not know this family. I was in Denver, Colorado, and someone said, can you speak at our family reunion? I said, I don't speak at family reunions. And they said, no, I think you could do it. I said, okay. It was like the Johnsons or something. <laughs> and I wrote something. I wrote something called, I wrote something called Living for Legacy. And when I started writing Living for Legacy, I thought about McDonald's, literally. And I was thinking about how I had just watched the founder and how McDonald's was a, a two brothers. It was a company started by two brothers who were the McDonald's brothers. And it made me ask the question, how many other companies uh, are last names? Mm -hmm. And to my shock, a majority of the companies that we engage in and buy products from are last names. Abercrombie & Fitch, Wells Fargo, Pillsbury, Walgreens, Walmart, uh, 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 Versace, Hennessy, Harley-Davidson, Gucci. These are last names. And it made me realize, wait a minute, I'm investing not in a product, but in a name. And I was thinking, if I'm investing in McDonald's burgers and, and Honda's cars and and the Hyatt and Marriott's hotels, what am I doing for the Bullocks? <laughs> and I realized I hadn't been investing in my own name. And that's what made me say, I got to write about this topic. I, I appreciate that this family reunion, it turned into a sermon that I preached at my church, which turned into a video that I put on Instagram that went viral, uh, that turned into another video that was put on TikTok, that wow. went viral on TikTok. Because it's a message of people saying, you know what, I'm on social media all day. I'm trying to look a certain way. I'm trying to fake it till I make it. But you know what? I'm not doing anything to my name. And it's because of what you said. Most of us didn't get a leg up. Most of our parents, God bless them, but they didn't necessarily give us the push that we necessarily needed. So we didn't grow up to value our name. We almost tried to ignore our names. You've got about three or four names if we really think about it. Because and part of it was because we didn't, there was no real identity to it. There was no real value to it. But I've determined this. I don't know what Bullock mean before I got it, mm -hmm. but I will know what it means when I'm done with it. And it's going to mean something that my kids can't wait to, to carry and bear for themselves. Man, that's good because you, you said it. I got like three or four names. And for the longest, everyone called me Pedro. That's my middle name. I grew up as Pedro. I went to school. I didn't know my name was Franz until we had a substitute teacher in the classroom. And I wow. am, and I didn't even know my dad's first name was Franz. Wow. So, 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 man, it wasn't until, you know, a couple of years ago that I said, you know what? I'm not going by Pedro. Let me go by Franz. Wow. That's deep. 
And now it's like, okay, cool. My dad started something, but as for me, I'm going to make sure I finish it and make sure that by the, by the time I leave this earth, people know that name Franz LeBlanc is something major. Yeah, man. And let me, let me, just, let me just really seal this even a little further. Uh, there's a story in the Bible of God wrestling with Jacob, an angel that we know to be God wrestling with Jacob. Yeah. And uh, literally they wrestle all night. And Jacob says, uh, God says to, 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 to Jacob, let me go. I, I've got to go now. We're done. And Jacob says, I won't let you go until you bless me. And <laughs> the, the response was, you know what? I'm going to change your name. And I, 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 let me rephrase that. I don't think he changed his name. I think he revealed his name. He said, you will no longer be called Jacob. You will now be called Israel. And some people say he changed his name. I don't think he changed his name. I think he revealed his name. Why do I say that? Because I believe that heaven had always called him Israel. His mama named him Jacob, but God called him Israel. And how do I know that? Because when he was in his mother's womb, the angel told his mother, you have two nations on the inside of you. Yeah. He was a nation from the day he was born. And this is the revelation that I get from it. We've got to figure out what does God call us? We've got to figure out what is our real name? I know that you call me Pedro, but maybe there's a name that the Lord calls me that I've got to walk in. Your name was your identity. And his name, Jacob, meant that he was a supplanter. So he did some mischievous things because he was under a name that gave him an identity that he was a trickster. But when his name was changed to Israel, every time they called him Israel, he was doing something that was to create a nation. And I think that we've got to take our names and say, look, I don't know what my mom and them meant when they gave me this name, but I know the identity over my life is blessed and favor and gift and legacy. And that's what I'm going to do with the name that I have. Man, that's awesome, man. One of my favorite quotes in the book, and especially I think it's so fitting for this time that we're in, where so many African-American males are losing their lives. I think this quote, man, needs to be on a T-shirt. I don't know when you're going to do it, but it's a, it's a quote you said, your legacy is important because your life matters. Yes. I, want, I want you to elaborate on that, man. Yeah, man. I feel like we're, we're, we are, I am dealing with a generation of people who literally feel ignored and overlooked. That's why people are rioting in the streets. They're rioting in the streets because when you feel unheard, when you feel like, man, no one's listening to me, you will respond in an erratic way because there is nothing worse and more devaluing to a person than to make them feel like their voice means nothing. You mean I can talk and not be heard? You mean I can be in a room and not be seen? You mean that I am so useless and worthless that I can scream and nobody hear it? You mean that my life means so little that I can be shot and nobody care? Man, that's, that's insane. And I think that we've got to get to a place where we recognize that your life matters. God didn't say oops when you were born. He didn't, this wasn't an accident when you got here. Heaven didn't scratch his head and say, I don't know how you got here. I don't care if you was adopted. I don't care if your parents almost aborted you. I don't care how you got to the earth. You can complain about how you start or focus on how you finish. 
and you got to determine that you got to focus on how you finish. Most of us, our start wasn't the best. Our starts was jacked up. But I know plenty of people who had good starts and terrible finishes. But we're going to reverse that in our lives. We've determined that, you know what? My life is going to count for something. And I love the fact that these men and women, these beautiful black individuals, and we've been screaming, say their name. That's a powerful thing to do. Because what we're saying is that that there's a, there's a there's a story behind that name. There's there's a life behind that name, and that name matters. And so I think it's important, man, to remind people of that, because we're living in a day where people feel ignored, where mm-hmm. people feel overlooked. And I'm sorry, man, it's it's giving birth to suicides, it's giving birth to depression, it's giving birth to all types of mental health issues. Part of the reason why young girls will get naked on Twitter is because the only way you'll see me is if I turn around and get naked for you, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. If the only way, sometimes a dude is walking around with a gun in his pocket, looking like he wants to shoot somebody because the only way you're going to notice me is if I kill someone, then you'll notice me. It's like, that's how crazy it gets. So we can't mess around with it. We can't play with it. We got to let people know they're valued right now. What advice would you give to someone who's ashamed of their family? Because I know there's some people like, man, I don't don't want you to meet my dad. I don't want you to meet my mom. What advice would you give to someone who's embarrassed of their situation, but yet they're still trying to figure out how to maneuver through this thing called life without any guidance? You know, their dad is not their dad or their mom is not giving them as much support when it comes to their future, their goals. Because I think part of the part of legacy is actually going after what you believe in. Uh, and you literally put a post a couple of days. If, if, if this person wants to become like an artist or something, and a person wants to be a doctor, if he goes to school, become a doctor, is he wrong? So what advice would you give to that individual that, you know, has goals, has um, certain things they want to do in life, but yet they feel like their parents are not really supporting them in that? Yes. Yeah, so there's two things, man. I think, number one, I think that every person has to honor. The Bible says, honor your mother and father. Uh, and your days will be long in the earth. I think there is a power in honoring your parents and honoring the people who birthed you, even when the relationship is not the greatest, even when they, they weren't the best. You're not honoring them necessarily for them. You're honoring them for you. Mm-hmm. You want to sow those seeds into your life. Honor begets honor. And I just think that if you're in a place where you treat your parents like trash, you are sowing trash seeds into the soil of your life. And you don't want to do that. I want you to be bigger than them. Man, let me tell you something. My father was not in my life. My father does not have the capacity. Okay, he doesn't have the capacity to do some of the things that I need for him to do. He doesn't have the capacity to hug me. He don't have the capacity to come and apologize for some things that he did. But I do. And sometimes I have to release a person of the debt they owe me because I have to recognize they are emotionally bankrupt and don't have what it takes to be able to give me what I need. But I release them from my own spirit and from my own heart and not for theirs. you got to realize you are a first fruit. A first fruit means this. In the Old Testament, when a crop came up, the farmer would take the first part of the crop and he would set it to the side for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the principle was this. If the first fruit was blessed, 
then the rest was blessed. We know the same thing with principle with the tithe. We take 10% of our income and we give it to the Lord, believing that if the 10th is blessed, then the 90 is blessed. You might be the first fruit of your family. You might be the 10th. <laughs> your family might be jacked up. They, it might be embarrassing to show people your family. But you know what? You got to determine, I'm going to do something with this name and I'm going to put a crown on the head of my family so large they will spend the rest of their lives trying to fit into. Wow. Sometimes you got to live a certain way. You know what it's like? It's like Easter Sunday. When I was growing up, we had regular clothes and then we had Easter clothes. <laughs> Our regular clothes, we go outside, we run around, we play in it, we do crazy stuff in it. But when we put on our Easter white suit, man, we we didn't we didn't play in that suit. We we <laughs> sat different. We we walked different. Why? Because the suit gave us a different feeling. Yeah. When we had on raggedy clothes, we acted raggedy. But when we had on some clean, polished clothes, we acted clean and polished. Mm -hmm. And I think the same thing happens with your name. When you look at your family, you're like, oh, this family's whack. You might live down to the reputation of that family. Mm -hmm. But what you got to do is you got to call yourself up and your family will live up to the reputation of who you are. You are going to do something with that name that's going to be like a clean white suit, putting it on your family. And now when they walk around with that name, I, I'm sorry, when a Barack Obama first ran for president, my wife walked into a room. She said, who's this dude running for president? I said, who? She said, Barack Obama. <laughs> I said, who is Barack Obama? Barack, Barack Obama. I said, oh, you mean Barack Obama? Let me tell you what I said. I said, there's no way a man with that name can become the president of the United States. I'm sorry. He was going up against Hillary Clinton at the time. I said, there's no way an Obama can be a Clinton. But can I tell you something? Obama sounds good now, boy. I'm about to name everybody around me Barack Obama. Obama sounded funny eight years ago. Today, it sounds like royalty. Yeah. That is the power of one person deciding I'm going to do something with my family. Wow. The other piece of what you said is this. I believe this, man. The, the closer you get to destiny, Mm -hmm. the farther you may get from your kinfolk. Wow. The closer you get to, the closer you get to the desk to your destiny, mm -hmm. the farther you tend to get from kinfolk. Jesus said it this way. He said a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. Why do he say that? Because it's very hard for people who used to put a diaper on me respect me <laughs> as an authoritative figure in their life. It's yeah. very hard. Mm -hmm. It's very hard when they know little Pedro and now here come France trying to start something. It's hard for people to make the distinction. Right. Some people in your family can go with you. Not everybody can. Mm -hmm. And there comes a point in your life where you have to hear from God and you have to sit down with yourself, which is why I wrote this book, Living for Legacy. Because, and this is part of the reason why you need to get the Legacy e-course, is to help you drown out the noise of everyone else's expectation for your life. Mm -hmm. And for you to figure out, okay, what did, what is it that I want? I don't necessarily want you to live out your parents' existence. Mm. That's not going to be a win for you. That's like David putting on Saul's armor and trying to defeat a giant. Right. Just right. because they wore a, a sword and shield, don't let nobody laugh at your slingshot. 
Don't let the person laugh at the method you use because it's different from the method that they use. Right. You're using a method for you because that's what fits you. And it may look unorthodox to them. It may look strange to them. But let me tell you what won't look strange to them. When Goliath has a rock in the middle of his head and he starts falling, oh, they won't look strange then. They're going to look pretty normal then. So... To the, to the person who feels like I'm not meeting my parents' expectation of what they want from me, mm-hmm. you got to make sure that you honor them. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that you love them, but you got to live your life and not theirs. Yeah, yeah. Man, I want to ask you this because I know that once this book and this sermon series came, I know you, your whole perception and perspective on a lot of things changed. So how has raising your, your children, your son and your daughter, um, changed since um, you wrote this book, Living for, for Legacy? I think it's made me be more intentional with what I teach them. Mm-hmm. My mom and I, we go back and forth sometime because I will say, mom, you taught me this. You taught me that. And she'll say, why'd you pick up all the bad stuff I did and not the good stuff? Why'd you, why? Why come you, how come you didn't? Because there are things, here's the thing, more is caught than is taught, right? But I think sometimes more is caught than it's taught because I don't know how much teaching we do. So sometimes when you don't teach, mm-hmm. all we have is observation. Yeah. And I realized that I don't want my kids just to observe me. I want them to do that. But there's some solid things that I want to teach them. I want to, I want to teach them experientially, but I want them to hear me tell them who they are. Mm-hmm. One of the things I do with my kids, I have something called the Bullet Big Five. Mm-hmm. The Bullet Big Five. Every day I teach my kids the Bullet Big Five. I say, guys, we're bullets. I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old. I say, guys, we're the bullets. We have the big five. Number one, we love God. We put God first over everything. Number two, we inspire people. We lift people up when they're down. Mm-hmm. Number three, we honor family. This circle is all we got. Mm-hmm. Number four, we dream big. Don't bring no small dreams into this house. And number five, we build legacy. You make your mark on the earth. Wow. My kids can repeat that to you. They can tell you that they hate every time I bring it up. And I repeat those things every single day to my kids because I want to tell them who they are. Because if you don't tell kids who they are, their teacher will. Yeah. If you don't tell kids who they are, a hip hop artist will. If you don't tell kids who they are, a gang member will. Mm -hmm. And I need when somebody else approach my kids about their identity that they know, oh, no, 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 no. Bullocks inspire people. Bullocks dream. And I think that that is something that this book and this message has taught me. Man, you said something so profound. When there's no teaching, you you basically go by what you observe. So I remember growing up, my dad never taught me how to um, talk to a girl. So I never forget in, in, in middle school, man, I had a crush on somebody, and I went and I tried to I tried to do a line I learned from Fresh Prince or Martin, and I got turned down so bad, man. <laughs> Is that that day? I said, you know what? Um, Pedro may not have to work for me anymore. Let me go by front. I'm more Rico Suave, but that's deep. What you just said is so that's so deep. You don't know how deep what you just said was. One of the things, man, that I love too, man. You not only are you um big on ministry, man, but I love your marriage. That's like a, a beautiful thing to me. I love guys who really love their wives and take care of their kids. And I believe a big part of your legacy is your marriage. When it comes to marriage, how important that that goes into your legacy? Well, when it comes to marriage, man, here's the thing. 
I feel like there's a public me and there's a private me. And right. I, I feel like sometimes we get so caught up with the with the public us mm-hmm. that we forget about the, the, the private us. Yeah, yeah. And my marriage is really who I am publicly is a result of, of what my marriage has done for me privately. Mm. Uh, I really believe everyone who can get married should. I, and I, all you people who want to stay single, stay single. That's fine. I'm not, I'm not trying to pressure nobody. Right. I don't want to do that. But if you can find a person to spend your life with, mm-hmm. I think that you should. And I think that it's a powerful thing because I think that marriage challenges you and it challenges you in a way that you need. Marriage will grow you. Uh, marriage is something that is so beautiful and so powerful because my wife and I are able to, we're a team mm-hmm. and we are able to accomplish more than I could have on my own. And I think when you really start thinking legacy, when I got married, I got married when I was 24. And the reason why I got married was because I wanted to build a life with someone. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to build a night with someone. Wow. I wanted to build a life with someone. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, to I wanted to own some property, man. I wanted to have some kids. I wanted to have some investments. I wanted to start some businesses. I wanted to go ahead and, and have somebody carry my name. I wanted to I wanted to sleep with somebody on a regular. You know what I'm saying? I, I want I wanted and I and I, I want and I didn't want to be nervous about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be nervous about it. Can I go there? I don't know what go kind there. of podcast this is. But I mean, I, I, I was laughing at somebody the other day. They were, you know, they slept with somebody and they were nervous about them being pregnant. And I was kind of like, yeah, that's a that's like a high school thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, at some point, you still nervous about that? I haven't been nervous about pregnancy. If my wife called me today and said she's pregnant, good. You my wife. Let's do this. I'm not scared. Oh, my God. I can't believe. Not you. Oh, I wish it was somebody else, but you, it's like we grown. Why are you still having those nervous conversations? Right. I'm never worried about if I'm catching a disease. I'm never worried about those are things I don't worry about Yeah, because I, I'm living legacy and I'm grown. You know what I'm saying? And people ask you sometimes, but yeah, don't you, you know, like, you know, man, I still like that love where. It could go in down anywhere, random. Just oh, you missing out on the drilling. I'm like, that's just stupid. This is this is we're talking about stupid stuff. We're talking about a chemical reaction. We're talking about you getting those the, the, the fuzzies. No, man. No, man. My wife, no, nah, man. When you're married mm-hmm. and your wife gets sick and you have to take care of her, that's love, man. But when 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 you get into, when you guys don't agree. And you have to come together and resolve conflict. That's love. Mm-hmm. When you wake up in the morning and you got to make her breakfast and you don't feel like it, that's love. That's 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 maturity. Mm-hmm. And you you need that. You need that. And I think that marriage is a critical part of our growth. Mm-hmm. And too many people are forsaking it because of fear. Mm-hmm. Fear of disappointment. Fear of marrying the wrong one. Fear of ending up in a crazy situation. But I think that bad marriages are not are not accidental. I think bad marriages are a result of bad dating. Right. And I think that if you can date well, then you can marry well. Right. I said a lot, and I hope I made sense of what you I said. You said a lot, man, especially in this day and age. I think personally, after like the book and, and looking at your post, 
I even think that when people date now, they should have a list of questions because now it's, it's I'm living for legacy, like you said, and not a one night stand or for a divorce. So I think a lot of people, man, even now when they're dating, their questions have to change. Okay, let's get past how you look. You, you look good. Um, let's see how your credit is. Do, when I see, do I see legacy or do I see debt? That's, you know, that's something we got to discuss, man. So what advice would you give to singles? Because I know there's a lot of singles out there that's like, man, I don't know if this is going to happen for me, especially ladies. Mainly it's ladies. Because it's rare that a guy says, <laughs> yeah, I really hear guys, I'm, I'm going to get married. Mainly ladies are like, man, when is this going to happen for me? I don't yeah. think I'm going to be getting married. I'm pushing 30. This is not happening. My credit is good. The guy I'm dating, he's just all over the place. What advice would you give to those individuals? I think number one, do not think you have to be married to start building legacy. Wow. Marriage is not necessarily a legacy message. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be single and build a legacy. So don't wait for the perfect person to get here mm-hmm. before you start building. Build, make your money, make your name, make your mark. Don't wait. I would say to women, I think a lot of, I might get in trouble for this. I think a lot of women get bad advice, man. I, I think the advice that women get about dating you know what's funny, man? I find that the women who have the best marriages mm-hmm. sought after the least. Wow. And women who have had the worst experiences with relationships are, are out here being sought after for advice. Wow. I think that that's crazy. I think it's crazy that women aren't seeking, de- seeking down a woman because you know why? When they see a woman who's got a really good marriage, it almost it either doesn't appear real or she looks bored. They think it's boring or they think whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, no, nah, man, you got to see. There's some mamas out here who got some great marriages yeah. and you find them. And I'm finding that a lot of women are getting their advice from memes. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. Memes are fake. <laughs> I mean, I see a meme, man. I'll see a meme that says, if he don't pick you up, if he don't do this, if he don't wipe your mouth after you drink some soda, if he don't, then he's not worth your time. And I'm saying, yeah, you're fine. And they'll post it, you know, or he's <laughs> going to have millions of dollars and he's going to have this and he's going to be this. And, he's gonna, and I'm saying, why are you following that? Meme? That's a meme. That ain't real. Some some old big dude in his basement wrote that and posted it. <laughs> Some nine-year-old put that out there and you you basing your whole life on a meme that you found, a yeah. quote of the Are you kidding me? I think that women got to start getting advice from women who have really done this well mm-hmm. and, who, and, who, and who've got great marriages. Find a woman whose man is happy. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. Find a, a woman whose man is happy. Go to that woman and say, I want to bring you to lunch and say, what are you doing? How is that man smiling that much? How is that? Don't go to no woman whose man look like he can't stand her. <laughs> go find a woman who's you like this man look like he just love him some of her. Right. You need to go to her. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get all these passes right in relationship, but I get it. But do me a favor. Ladies, find another woman who's taking care of business. I promise you, she will say something to you that would change your life. 
Wow. I want to shift gears, man, because um, this is an Isle of Jesus music podcast, so we definitely talk about music. We want to know what your playlist looking like right now. Who are you listening to every morning when you're jogging? What song right now is Blessing Brian Bullock? Jeez, right now, I interviewed Pastor Mike McCall the other day, Pastor Mike Jr. So I've been rocking Mike Jr.'s album like crazy. Wow. Big is just phenomenal. Crazy record, man. Pastor Mike Jr. is just sick, man. That dude's album is bananas. Uh, man, I don't really listen to a lot of music. And when I do, I listen to, I like old school, new edition. I like Bobby Brown. Hey. My prerogative. Mm-hmm. Just that whole out, Don't Be Cruel album. I love that album. Uh, I think that Brandy is one of the greatest singers who ever lived. Thank, thank you, man. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, all that Brandy versus Monica talk is ridiculous. <laughs> Monica can't even tie Brandy's shoe. It's not even <laughs> Brandy. Are you kidding me? Is a problem. Brandy? When Monica sings, I say, "Oh, wow, that was dope." When Brandy sings, I say, "Oh my God, I, I can't breathe. I can't talk. I can't." <laughs> My, I just I feel like oh my lord what happened to I feel changed and transformed when Brandy sing Brandy make you scratch your head um, but I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to a lot of ebooks mm-hmm. but when I do get in my music those are those are some of the artists I listen to and I think Marvin Winans is the greatest singer that ever lived got you <laughs> man you've been featured on a couple of Jubilee's um, projects man was that you on um, Greatest Our Faithfulness. No, that was Calvin Noel. But the, there was one you literally that recently dropped, and you did like a. a, a oh, oh, I may have done. A, I may have done like a. I may have done like a tag or something like that on yeah. on that song. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was a dope record, man. How has your relationship with your pastor impacted your life? Ah, oh, man, I feel like every leader needs a leader, right? Um, the number one advice when single women ask me, what's the number one advice, uh, that you would give me? I always tell them never marry a man who's not submitted to another man. Mm -hmm. Because what that means is that now you're going to be the girlfriend, the wife, the mama, and the leader that you don't want that. Mm -hmm. What it means is that when this dude is off, because all men have an off day or an off season, mm-hmm. you think that you are strong enough to change him. You think you're strong enough to get him to calm down. And when he doesn't, now you're lost. Mm-hmm. Every woman needs to date a guy who, when that man's acting a fool, you can call grandpa, you can call mentor, you can call coach, you can call uncle, you can call big brother. I would stay away from a guy who's not submitted this to another guy. Wow. I believe that to be someone in authority, you need to be someone under authority. Right. And I am in authority because I serve my pastor. I think that having a pastor in my life has kept me from doing stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. It has kept me from feeling myself and and letting my ego get the best of me. Right. Uh, it is it is part of the reason why when you when you say stuff about me like are you doing this you doing that part of the reason why I don't go crazy is because my pastor tell me all the stuff I'm not doing. <laughs> <laughs> my pastor's made it clear 
You haven't done nothing yet, son. You you ain't made it, okay? And you need that. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you why having a pastor is so important. Because you need somebody in your life who's not a fan of yours. Mm-hmm. We want fans. We don't want fathers. Wow. We want we want we want our pastors just to do this. Hey, you, you good boy. You you the best single best victim. And when they don't, we get offended and we find someone else who will cheer for us. Wow. You need somebody who's not impressed. You need somebody who doesn't love you so much that they will keep you from dying on a cross. Mm-hmm. You need, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. We, we don't imagine, imagine being Isaac, realizing that you have a dad that loves his God so much that he will kill you <laughs> to prove his love for his God. And I think that we have to have pastors who love God so much that they will hurt our ego, Mm -hmm. that they will kill our pride, that they will correct and discipline us in order to stay true to the God that they serve. Wow. And I think that it's the most important thing you have to go through. It is extremely difficult, Mm -hmm. especially the older that you get. But here's what I I believe, man. There is a transfer of grace. There's a transfer of gift. There's a transfer of anointing. And there's a transfer of power when you're submitted to someone who's submitted to God. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, we're about to finish, man. Um, I remember the first time I met you, Brian, you um, you came to preach at my church, um, Rima Life Church. And um, you got on that stage. And before you got on that stage, you had regular jeans on. (laughs) And you were singing and you did a slide from one side of the stage to the other and invented ripped jeans that day. <laughs> and ripped my knee. I never forget that. Can you recall probably one of the funniest or the most one of the embarrassing moments that you had while leading worship, preaching, or speaking oh, somewhere? <laughs> oh man, I try my best not to have embarrassing moments, man. I would say this, I preached one time and I was preaching on, man, I think, I think I was preaching on the man, the pool of Bethesda, something like that. I'm preaching, I'm saying, you know, the Bible says this man was invalid, invalid. That's right. Invalid has no name, invalid. You may feel invalid, like nobody knows you, nobody sees you. I know you're walking around with the invalid over your name. You're you're just not known, but God knows you. Preach the house down. Afterwards, pastor came up to me. He said, that word is not invalid. That word is invalid. <laughs> he was an invalid. Uh, <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, uh, invalid. Jesus. God. Oh, that's funny, man. <laughs> you know, terrible, man. I felt so bad, man. That was, that was terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Man, I appreciate you so much for coming through. This is what I'm going to do. I don't know how you want to promote this, but I want to sponsor someone for the Living for Legacy um, University. Oh, just so good, man. I definitely want to sponsor someone, and I'm also going to purchase the book for them as well. So however you want to promote that, I don't know if you want to do a Living for Legacy challenge, however you want to do that, but I'm definitely going to do that, man. Thank you so much for coming out, Brian. Tell the people to follow you, how to get connected with you. 
Man, the best place to follow me is on my Instagram. I'm on there every day, at Brian M. Bullock. And I'm trying to add value to people's lives several times a day on Instagram. I respond to comments. I respond to DMs. Um, but go to my website, brianmbullock.com. There's some great content, some free downloads. And you get you can stay up to date with what's going on uh, with everything that's happening in my life, man. And I appreciate you for this opportunity. Give me a chance to speak and uh, giving this, this message some legs, man. I appreciate that. Thank you for tuning in to the I Love Jesus Music Podcast. I will see you soon. Have a great day.